Welcome to Business Lines State of the Economy podcast where you will find insight analysis and the story behind the numbers Namaskar my name is Shishur Sinha and I'm based in New Delhi Some of high frequency economic indicators are out showing a mixed trend while purchasing managers index for manufacturing and gst collection in march surged core sector performance in the month of february has declined Meanwhile, unseasonal rain in the month of March and crude oil production cut for coming months by oil producing countries are posing new challenge for India's macroeconomy. Amidst all this, monetary policy committee is expected to go for another rate hike. So how one can read overall macroeconomy? To help in this, let us connect to Aditi Nair, chief economist with ICRA. Welcome to the podcast, Aditi. Thank you, Shishir. Aditi, the first question is about the PMI manufacturing, uh, which was just released and it showed a very good growth in the month of March, but quarterly performance is slightly lower than the previous quarter. How do you read the PMI manufacturing? You know, the PMI manufacturing numbers uh, give us a reasonable indication of uh, the momentum, but sometimes their correlation with the other high frequency indicators uh, may not be very good. because the construct itself is quite different uh, so the pmis are basically a survey uh, which is uh, conducted of a certain set of participants and uh, what we understand is that the responses have an equal weightage no matter how big or small the uh, company that uh, the respondent uh, is with um anyway so i would not go too much into the quarterly uh, growth being a little lower than last quarter i think what's more important is that the momentum is getting maintained and uh, when we look at the other high frequencies as well there's a bit of a mixed trend uh, some things are getting distorted in january because of the base of uh, omicron there are other things which are getting distorted because of the very heavy rainfall that we've seen in march overall we expect that uh, in q4 of fi23 we are probably going to end up topping a real gdp growth of around 4 and 1/2 to 5% so a very tiny bit better than what was there in q3 and margin pressure was also lower in that quarter when we look at how commodity prices moved over the last uh, five quarters or so basically as uh, the vaccine started uh, becoming more available for uh, covid uh, we saw that commodity prices had uh, started an uptrend and then we got into omicron and the supply shortages then we got into the russia ukraine war so because of all of these reasons we found that in q1 of fi23 commodity prices were very high and that is something that uh, started to have an impact on uh, margins particularly in q2 and a little less so in q3 as the commodity prices eventually started correcting from uh, july onwards so uh, what we are now seeing in the news is that some companies are in a position where they're being able to offer some price benefits to their uh, consumers as well again this may not be across the board it may not be every company or every sector but some easing of uh, commodity prices uh, should be there which should have helped both in q4 and definitely in uh, the current quarter commodity prices input cri- uh, prices in many sectors will be much lower than where they were a quarter ago and that is something that should uh, support uh, sentiment as well as the volumes okay aditi two things uh, uh, as we were discussing about the unseasonal rain in march another issue where, which was just announced uh, yesterday is a cut in the crude production uh, for the next uh, f- few months and at the same time we are seeing unseasonal rain which is affecting food grain production how do you see these two factors have, uh, going to affect uh, inflation in a 
you picked the exact two things that uh, are now risks for the inflation trajectory going ahead. For FR23, our forecast is that uh, the CPI inflation was 6.7%. And our baseline expectation for FR24 is that it will drop down to 5.4%. So a reasonable amount of moderation, but still fairly far away from that uh, much wanted uh, 4% uh, medium-term target. Now, looking ahead, these are the two factors which are there. <laughs> Firstly, we've had this unseasonal rain in March. What is the impact of that on uh, output? Positive was that at least the reservoir levels have been uh, replenished to some extent, and that gives us some insurance going into the next uh, season. And we're not quite clear uh, how the El Nino will pan out and what impact that will have on uh, the monsoon uh, and on food output after that. So clearly, I would say that the risk to food inflation are only to the upside, that it will be higher than what we're penciling in. Then on the crude oil side, things are a little more complicated because uh, crude oil prices tend to be quite volatile. In fact, when we were doing our baseline forecast for FR24, we worked with a pretty wide range, which is where we are today, effectively. Where the lack of clarity or you know where, where forecasting becomes difficult uh, from the crude prices to the macros is that uh, we don't know whether the government will uh, cut duties in the event that crude looks like it's going to be higher. And therefore, that is what will end up impacting uh, the CPI inflation because ultimately, as far as the CPI basket is concerned, crude doesn't enter it. What enters the CPI basket is petrol and diesel and the other uh, downstream items. So, Therefore, what uh, the government chooses to do if crude oil prices uh, jump and then after that, uh, you know, what happens to the CPI inflation and then what is the MPC's reaction? That is a little harder to predict. Okay. Uh, Aditi, the important thing is that we haven't seen uh, price revision in petrol and diesel uh, since last May. And uh, considering the political consideration, it is expected that there will be no further revision as of now. So in that situation, do you see some kind of built-up uh, increase in, uh, say, coming month after two or three months, uh, then, uh, and that will have a bigger impact on the inflation? We can't rule that out at this point in time. So let me put it another way. Crude oil tends to be one of the most volatile thing uh, factors for macroeconomists like me to predict. And it's volatile in many years in both directions. So while... 83 or 85 dollars per barrel, I would say for an economy like India, it's not low, but it's not terribly high. And I think that's a level that as an economy, we have to be able to live with. Hmm. Now, if it goes to 95 or 100 and stays there sustainably, hmm. let's see what the government's reaction is. But those are levels we've seen in the last year as well. Hmm. So they're not levels that are unheard of. Okay. And we do see pullbacks as well from the higher levels as demand supply sort of readjusts. And even now, yes, we are no longer talking about recessions in many parts of the world, but we're still looking at anemic growth in many parts of the world and how strong China's demand uh, turns out to be over the course of the year. Is, it's still a question mark. Now coming to the another high frequency economic indicator, that is the GST collection. FY23 uh, began with a very all-time high collection and ended with second highest collection ever. My question was that since we have seen a very good growth in the month of March, 
which is basically the goods consumed in the month of February and services availed in the month of February. In other way, uh, we also saw the fiscal year 23 started with a bang with all-time high collection and ended with the uh, second uh, highest ever collection. Uh, so my question is that it is it because of compliance and more of compliance and less of consumption or combination of both equally divided? Shishir, um, you know, my view is that it's three things. It's better compliance, better volumes, and better... Uh, no, I wanted to bring inflation into the latter question, so that's why I just focused on the two things at this moment. But that's inbuilt. No, we did have a lot of uh, uh, price rises over the course of last year. So it's it's. I would say it's all three factors that are uh, pushing on the GST collections. And uh, we expect that uh, for the next month, the April 2023 GST collections will definitely be a sequential improvement over the March number that we just got. Although I'm not quite sure how much of a growth we will get over the April uh, 22 uh, all-time high. But I am very hopeful that we will end up with a very good number for April 2023 as well. Uh, if, if I ask you that what kind of contribution inflation has, say the, say the three factors, consumption, compliance and the inflation. If I ask you that what kind of percentage contribution because of the inflation in overall GST collection, what would be your number? That's very difficult to tease apart, uh, Shishir. I don't have a firm answer to that. And uh, I think whatever I say would be conjecture at this point in time. But this is similar to what we see on the export and import numbers as well, that uh, we have a combination of volume and uh, inflation, which is driving the uh, uh, export and import numbers. And uh, the GST collections, we have this third factor of uh, uh, you know, uh, increased compliance as well. And uh, it'll be quite interesting to see, in fact, in FY24, where volume should be better. Inflation should be at least moderated as compared to last year. Okay. And uh, we'll have to see how much further compliance can improve. Okay. And uh, possibly between these three factors, we may end up with a reasonably good growth in the GST collections but it may not be as high as what it was last year. Okay. Uh, now coming to the another high frequency indicator, that is the core uh, sector growth. We have seen in the month of February that was down uh, on a sequential basis. Uh, so how do you read that? Because the industrial number for the same month will be out on the uh, 12th of this month. So how do you read that core sector number? See, the core sector number did moderate and in fact, uh, I believe it will moderate further in uh, March because both uh, what we got for Coal India, what we've seen in the filing, uh, there the growth is uh, lower in March as compared to February. And electricity, we were already seeing over the course of the month that uh, with heavy rainfall in March 23, on a base of the heat wave in March 22, we saw very low growth or you know even periods of uh, contraction in the electricity uh, demand in that month. So I would say that, in fact, core sector growth is going to moderate further in uh, March as compared to February. But the non-core sectors, uh, you know, we'll have to see how uh, things uh, pan out over there. So overall, industrial output, I would imagine, is going to remain in the low single digits. Uh, IIP growth is probably going to remain in the low single digits uh, in this period. But of course, uh, you know, there are challenges uh, with the IIP. It's a very old base. Uh, it is not able to pick up... Um, production which is happening in uh, newer sectors and newer production facilities. So we have to sort of keep that in mind while uh, assessing 
the IIP and while making inferences from that to the GDP numbers. Okay. Now all eyes on the MPC meeting now, which has started today and uh, that will continue for two more days and then we will have the resolution. There are various uh, commentary on that. One set of economists are saying that we may not see rate hike. Another set of say, uh, experts are saying that we may have another 25 basis point hike and then there will be uh, we will have pause. Uh, how do you see that? Our view is that we've got two inflation trends after the last MPC meeting that are really quite unpalatable. We got uh, the January print coming in at a surprising six and a half percent and a very marginal correction to six point four percent in February. So the optics of inflation don't look very good at this point in time. Our forecast for March CPI is that it's going to be five point nine to six percent. So the average CPI inflation in Q four is going to be much higher than what the MPC had. Uh, uh, projected. And therefore, we think that a narrow majority of the MPC members are likely to vote for another rate hike. It will not be a unanimous decision, uh, given what we read in the minutes of the last uh, MPC meeting. But we do think that uh, there's a high likelihood that we will end up with one more 25 bips uh, rate hike on Thursday. Now, looking ahead, uh, clearly, like I was saying earlier, the risk to inflation are to the upside. Uh, but we'll have to see how the growth inflation uh, trajectory evolves going ahead. And we believe that a pause, an extended pause may be warranted. Okay. So if we take another round of hike, that means say 20 basis point or 25 basis point, that will take to, to 275 basis point. Don't you think that is going to affect uh, sectors like real estate or the consumer durables? So it definitely would. And in fact, that's the reason that I'm saying that uh, after this uh, uh, rate hike, which you were anticipating on Thursday, uh, the MPC should sort of uh, watch what is the impact of the cumulative rate hikes on uh, different sectors uh, and uh, not go in for more rate hikes uh, in a hurry. But the real concern is the core inflation, which is still above 6%. Uh, we do not see any kind of moderation in that. That is another concern area for MPC? So let me, uh, you know, offer you a slightly different thought. Uh, if we look at what has happened with some services over the last year, after a couple of years of the pandemic, probably there are some service providers who have increased prices in one big shot. And uh, that is something that has pushed up the core inflation and it's going to remain embedded in the base for a full year. Mm. But the annual increment which happens in FI24 may be of a smaller magnitude than what we saw in FI23, which was a catch up. Mm. Therefore, possibly once that, you know, one year of base of last year's increases is behind us, services inflation may not actually be as high in FI24 as what it was in FI23. Hmm. And uh, now my final question to you, that's it. You already talked about the Q4 number, which is between four to four, four and a half percent. Uh, and if I ask you about the FI24, what kind of growth scenario you are looking at? So we are uh, uh, looking at Q4 GDP growth being between 4.5% to 5%. And if we presume that there will be no revisions in the Q1, Q2, and Q3 data, then that leads us to a full-year growth estimate of 6.9% for FI23. From that, we're expecting a moderation to 6% in FI24 on the back of the external sector risks as well as a normalizing base. If uh, the El Nino does transpire, then we're looking at a potential downside to GDP growth of about 50 basis points uh, in FI24. And uh, what we believe is that there will continue to be 
pockets of resilience in domestic consumption and that services will continue to be prioritized over goods. Thank you. Thank you, Aditi, for talking to us. Thank you so much.